Welcome back to Your Haunted Holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And if you're just joining us, this is the vacation of all things paranormal activity related topics at Your Haunted Holiday. And today we have a really interesting location, and it's actually a location I have never heard of before, Lindsay, but it was a recommendation from one of our listeners that reached out to us on our Facebook site, and they apparently even know some of the people that run the paranormal tours here, which I thought was really cool. And they gave it, you know, a big thumbs up of this place is haunted. This is going to be a place that you're going to want to go check out. Cool. Now, to me, Lindsay, this place takes it up a notch because, you know, when you stay at a lot of haunted hotels and stuff like that, there are a lot of times just people that were normal, nice, everyday people that maybe died of unfortunate circumstances, right? This case is a little bit different because we're talking about a very violent location, which they said housed the worst of the worst criminals in all of Tennessee. So this is our first penitentiary episode, Lindsay, and Ooh. it's going to have a lot of violence. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Get ready. But I think that's so much scarier to think that you're interacting with a ghost that probably had a really violent history. Well, this sounds really interesting. I'm excited to get to a really kind of scary place. So thank you so much, Tyreen, for the, for the great recommendation. Yeah, and for anybody else that has recommendations, please send us a note. We will very likely look into it, and maybe we'll even feature it on the show. This is Your Haunted Holiday at Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary in Petros, Tennessee. Hey, this is Lindsay from Your Haunted Holiday. I want to start again by just thanking everybody who's who's actually logged in and listened and downloaded, subscribed. Um, we're a new podcast, but we're so excited to see that we have some new listeners and that you guys like the show. So everybody that's reached out, we really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. This has been, I got to say, it's been so much fun to do this podcast with you, but it is so wonderful to see all the positive feedback that we've been getting, especially in the last few few weeks. It's been great. Yeah, so why absolutely. don't Yeah, so why don't we go ahead and start talking about this place? So this place is in Tennessee. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, Lindsay. It it is surrounded. If you think about a prison, they made it very difficult to escape to some degree because it's really just surrounded by mountains and things like that. So there's not a lot of places for somebody to go if they wanted to escape. And it's in a pretty small town. Before it even started, the story of how Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary was built is actually pretty interesting. So essentially what happened is after the Civil War, the southern states really were kind of broke and they were looking for a way to make money. So one thing that the states did and Tennessee did was they would actually lease out their prisoners to private companies that were in the coal mining business. So it was essentially, Lindsay, like paid slavery. They weren't really paying these people. They they were leasing out prisoners to these companies that would then pay the state 
to have Ooh. them do their work. And then these workers would basically be doing the work for free. Wow. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I bet there's a lot of people that are totally okay with that idea. I mean, I it, you'll hear kind of how it goes because it does get shut down for a reason. Oh. And the reason for that is there's also people that are not prisoners or inmates that that is their career is being miners, specifically coal miners in Tennessee. And as a result of the state doing that, they basically were out jobs. And so oh, yeah. this really like pissed people off. And it actually pissed these guys off enough that they decided that they were going to go wreak havoc on these coal mines from these private companies with all these prisoners. And so in the town of Coal Creek, all of these private citizen miners like stormed in and they like burned mines. The stockades that were built by these private companies holding these prisoners, they like burned them down. They loaded all of these prisoners up on a train and guards and then they like sent him out of town and said get the heck out of here they like freed all of these prisoners really How, when was this this was in the 1800s the late 1800s is when this happened like 1880s okay and, and essentially what ended up happening is like these coal miners got in like a battle with the state militia of Tennessee. And the coal miners actually ended up losing the ultimate battle, but they won in kind of a reality because the state actually decided, you know what, this is not really the right thing to do anyway. Our, you know, citizens aren't able to, you know, have those jobs. And so they decided we're going to shut down the leasing of prisoners to do coal mining. And so they stopped doing that. Now, the state still wants their money, right? So in order to get their money, they decided, you know what, let's go into business for ourselves. And why don't we build our own prison and then have the prisoners mine coal for us and then we can then in turn as a state sell that coal right so then we're still making money it's kind of a win-win so they decide to do that and where bushy mountain state penitentiary is located now is in what they considered like the greatest possible coal mining area in tennessee at the time in petros tennessee and so they decided let's bring in all these prisoners and the prison wasn't even built yet, Lindsay. And they had these prisoners build a railroad leading into uh, where the penitentiary is going to be. Mm -hmm. And they had them build their own prison, like a four-story wooden prison at the time. Wow. So they had to build this with their own hands, knowing that they are going to be living in this facility. Wow. That's I something. Mean, it's hard to feel bad to some degree, but at the same time, like, man, times were rough back then. If I'm you think somewhat indifferent, but I could understand both sides here. Yeah, I mean, I can too. I, I do get it to some degree. They have people doing hard labor. And then not only that, now that they've built this prison, they also have to go in and run these mines. So they're sending these prisoners in that don't really know how to mine for coal. And as a result of that, 
people are dying. Mining is a very dangerous profession to be in regardless, right? But if you're not really trained in how to do it, then it gets even more dangerous, right? So there were dozens of people killed in these mines. And in fact, if they weren't killed, some of them were tortured as a result of like not producing enough coal. So it was just like this really like harsh environment where it was like, if you refused to mine or you didn't produce enough, like you would get whipped and all kinds of horrible things going oh, on no. there. So the living conditions weren't great there. Um, but also they're living in this, you know, wooden structure essentially. And it was like disease ridden. So people in this prison and they're in cramped quarters and it's overcrowded, right? Mm -hmm. So they have tuberculosis, they have typhoid fever. And something I found interesting was they even had like syphilis spreading throughout this prison. Oh my prison. gosh. You know, what I didn't realize when you were explaining kind of the you know, the different mining and stuff. Initially, I'm thinking, well, yeah, let them like work. They're in, they're in prison, you know, might as well accomplish something while you're in there, right? Um, but what I wasn't realizing was like all the inhumane conditions they were dealing with, torture, like disease. Yeah, it right. sounds terrible. And that was really the start of the death in Rushing Mountain State Penitentiary. A lot of people died as a result of working in that coal mine. And, you know, they did not have like an execution chamber in Brushing Mountain State Penitentiary. However, there's still a graveyard pretty close to the property that was intended for some of these people that died working the mines or just on the site in general. Wow. So before we get into some of the famous prisoners and of course the death that occurred here, we would like to introduce you to another podcast. And because our listeners obviously love the paranormal, we want to have you guys listen to another podcast, which includes weird history, strange science, and of course, the paranormal. Yeah, so I will say I've been listening to this podcast. It's called Odd Tonic. And, you know, I listened to one episode that covered spontaneous human combustion. And, you know, guys, I'm a skeptic on a lot of this stuff, but they might have actually convinced me. Yeah, I find all of that stuff so fascinating. Like, I don't know if it's real, but I love to hear all the details about it. I love the idea of it being real. Like, yeah. it's just crazy to me. They do a really good job doing the storytelling and their production of the podcast itself is really outstanding. I completely agree with that. So before we continue with our story, we're gonna play a quick trailer for the Odd Tonic podcast in the parlor with Jennifer and Maxwell. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations, and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. 
Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine tingling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part. My services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits. Hurry, hurry, step right up. Come, marvel at tales of weird history that prove fiction has nothing on reality. Thrill at stories of strange science from the utterly mind-bending to the horribly misguided. Chill from true tales of the unexplained paranormal, and supernatural. All this plus comedy, romance, and variety. It's colossal. It's stupendous. It's your new favorite podcast, a delicious, mysterious tincture called Odd Tonic. Join us in the parlor each week, dear guest, for a cup of tea and a bizarre, enthralling tale to delight the mind and stir the senses. Odd Tonic. An exquisite elixir for those who love the odd? Or a tantalizing treat for those who are the odd? Yes. Odd Tonic is available on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and at oddtonicsociety.com. Okay, so now that we're back, the most famous prisoner to stay here was to stay here like they're staying in a hotel to serve time here i guess i should say is <laughs> james earl ray and in case you don't remember that name i'm sure it rings a bell to it does people. um he is the guy who assassinated martin luther king jr what yes he was sent to brushy mountain state penitentiary oh he didn't die there. He did die in a hospital off-site, and he did spend 29 years of his sentence at this penitentiary and was later sent to another penitentiary. I think it was in Nashville, in a bigger one. So he spent a lot of time there, and not long after he got there, he immediately started constructing ways to escape. So one of the things Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary was known for is how difficult it would be to try to escape this place just because of the terrain around it is so crazy. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people actually did escape. There was a lot of escape attempts, some of them successful. Him being definitely the most infamous, he escaped Lindsay, or attempted to, I should say, a total of four different times. Wow. And a couple of the times he actually got off the property. One time he was actually off the property for like two and a half days or something and, until they caught him. And he was only like two miles away from the penitentiary, just in the woods when they found him. There's actually something I just found interesting, like a marathon that they do every year there. And it's kind of like in the state park around the penitentiary now, but it always goes through it. 
and they kind of like use it as a way to make fun of James Earl Ray because he spent two and a half days away from the penitentiary and only went like two miles. And then these guys are doing an entire marathon in the same <laughs> terrain that this guy was in. That's funny. To me also, it doesn't sound like it would be that difficult to escape. I mean, let's see, it was made of wood and the prisoners built it themselves. I mean, if I was one of those prisoners, I'd probably build in some easy escape locations. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me go back to that. I'm glad that you mentioned it was made of wood because by the time James Earl Ray arrived, it actually was no longer made of wood. The state did rebuild it just based on the conditions. Like they considered it, I say in quotations, like a fire trap. Like they were worried it was like going to burst up into flames with all these Gosh. people there. And so in the uh, mid-1930s, they actually rebuilt the entire property and made it what it is today, which is the big stone structure so yeah you're right Lindsay. if in fact it was a like rickety old wooden structure i would say it's easier to get out of but by this time it was actually stone and one of his attempts he made like dummies that he laid down in like the cot or something and he used like real human hair from the barber shop to like Ugh. construct these dummies but he was caught by a woman security guard who saw him like you know, trying to like climb up the side of the building or something, you know? Mm. So yeah, he did not escape. And in fact, you know, at one point he even got stabbed 22 times in the prison and survived. Ugh. Yes. So that's just gonna tell you how violent this place was, right? He was a, I would say, you know, the most famous prisoner. There was a lot of news around him at the time, and somehow he still got stabbed 22 times, right? He got shanked. This yeah. is probably before, like, they really thought about these prisoners as being, like, someone that might get attacked or... Oh, no. There were attacks all over the place here, Lindsay. I was shocked in reading all of the history of this place, the number of attacks that took place on a regular basis. They say that at one point there was at least one murder a week on the property. Whoa. And this had been going on for a long time and most of that just between the prisoners, like people getting shanked and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, they, I did see one thing that I really wasn't able to validate, but on one thing that I read, somebody said that up to 10,000 people died or were murdered on the property. Whoa. I wonder if they can validate that or even come close. I don't know if they even could, right? I mean, the prison itself is 113 years old, so it was built in 1896, that original wooden structure, and then it closed in 2009, which wasn't that long ago. But I mean, the whole history of this place was very violent all the way back to 1896. And we're gonna get into some of these stories. Like I said, I mean, 10,000 people were killed here. I'm not gonna be able to get through all of those. Obviously, some of that was the result of like mines caving in and, you know, stuff like that. But a lot of it was just violence between the prisoners. And so, for example, if you think about picture like a cell block, for example, 
And you know how when you see in movies of prison cells, how they're kind of like stacked in different tiers, mm-hmm. right? So like you have the first floor and then there tends to be like a railing and like a guard would be able to like look up and see all the floors um, of the cell block. Well, on those railings on the upper tier, what would happen is prisoners would find somebody that they're targeting, that they want to kill basically, and they would gang up and they would throw the person they want to kill over the top tier and to hit the concrete below. So that a lot of people died that way in particular. And so today, if you go visit, they actually have like gates up there. And that's because they had to put those gates in at the time when the prison was open because so many people were being murdered by being thrown over that top tier. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. And another one that was just kind of like a vague example of the types of things people saw when they were there is, you know, they said they would see people get hit with like cinder blocks on the top of their head, murdered that way, obviously being shanked. One guard, um, (laughs) sorry, shanked is just funny. I mean, it's (laughs) terrible, but you know, it's a funny word. It's all right. Yeah. Um, a guard told a story about how, you know, she went into the movie theater and there was like a movie theater in the penitentiary and they were playing like a movie. So it's dark in there. And all of a sudden she sees a guy like come running out of the movie theater in the dark and his entire throat was cut ear to ear by somebody who probably used a shank to slit his throat. Jeez. And this, he ended up dying. This whole situation sounds like a nightmare. I mean, can you imagine? I, yeah. I mean, granted, you've committed a crime of some kind to get there, but like to be in this kind of situation where your life is constantly at risk, I just... I know. I would be I can't imagine. terrified. I could not even imagine it either. And in fact, like I I remember telling you at one point, like we were watching some show probably on A&E or something about like prison life, lockup maybe or something like yes. that. And I remember saying, this looks like hell on earth. Like I cannot even <laughs> imagine. And funny enough, it's it was awful. coined at one point, the Brushing Mountain State Penitentiary as the gates to hell like they would say when they would bring the prisoners in because they had the worst of the worst prisoners there they're entering the gates of hell which i think is like pretty close to accurate totally accurate yeah now one of the famous people to die or one of the more well-known murders that's supposed to have happened here was a guy named jack jett and jack was a little person in the prison And he supposedly snitched on somebody else for having contraband or something like that. And he ended up getting stabbed in the neck 19 times and died. Now, where this happened, I kind of questioned based on what I was able to find. You know, one place I looked up, they were reporting that it happened in the dining room. Another one that I looked up said that it was while he was actually talking on the phone to somebody. So maybe like a friend or family member. Another person that was killed in the prison was a guy named Waterhead. I'm assuming that's a nickname, maybe a last name. But he was actually killed with a meat cleaver in the dining hall. Like he got like hacked to death 
by other prisoners with a meat cleaver. And the way this person described it is like he, it was like another prisoner describing it, like a former inmate. And he's like, you know, anytime you see the interviews with any of these former inmates, they will say like they've seen numerous murders throughout the property. They can point out where the majority of the murders happen, but like they can tell very specific stories about different things that they saw that aren't necessarily something that you could find documented right Um, but these things happened like i said they say about one murder a week approximately was going on here all right so we talked about all the violence that happened at this penitentiary And, you know, when we get into the hauntings, I find it more scary because a lot of these people were murderers or just very violent criminals that are potentially haunting this location. Yeah, I agree. You know, we talk a lot about hotels and some other locations that we've been. And I really believe that ghosts are really just people right? They're, they're just people that were living their lives and maybe they, you know, died a tragic death or maybe they just had an attachment to a certain location, but typically they're just normal people. But I also kind of think that some spirits, you know, if they were awful in the, in the, in life, they probably bring that with them in the afterlife. Right. So I, I, I would be terrified going to this place and ghost hunting. Yeah, I find it much more scary than I know you're always creeped out, as most people are, by like little kid ghosts, you know, like the sound of like giggling and that kind of thing, which is terrifying. Ghost children laughter is so scary. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. That's terrifying. But I find this way more scary just because you don't know what you're going to encounter at this place. It could be like kind of evil in a sense which I don't like. I mean, it just would freak, I would totally do it, but it would freak me out. Yeah, I agree. So let me read you something from their website that they say about, you know, some of the paranormal activity at this location. And this is on tourbrushy.com if you go to the visit us section. And basically what they say is evil men who did evil things were imprisoned here with many locked away for the rest of their lives. And while the death penalty was never carried out at Brushy, more than a few died of natural causes or in the mines. Others met their end with the blade of a meat cleaver or a shiv, the final blow delivered by the violent hands of a fellow inmate. These are the souls that haunt this stone-cold fortress, whose spirits refuse to cross over, who remain here because they have unfinished business. Visitors have been touched, shoved, scratched, and even growled at, Nevertheless, they have a cautious fascination with this unexplained world of the undead. My guess is that it's probably super active. I mean, I think any place where you see so much violence and just tragedy, it's got to be haunted. Got to be. I I agree. And I feel like it probably is super active. I mean, just based on some of the stuff that I've seen. The other thing that I love, because I just read that clip from the website, they're obviously embracing the paranormal, right? That's just one part of their website if you go to tourbrushy.com. But something that I thought was so interesting, like the first thing that got brought up when I was looking it up is like a distillery that's selling this moonshine 
called End of the Line Moonshine. And I was like, what the heck is this? Is this this penitentiary? I thought we were looking up, you know, a ghost tour thing. So essentially, after the penitentiary closed in 2009. What? They've been open since up until 2009? Yes. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. Crap, I missed that. So what's so interesting (laughs) <laughs> what, were so, people still being murdered like weekly yes i mean just what? like any other penitentiary people get like shanked and stuff i don't know about weekly but you know regularly there was a lot yeah, of violence this is like worse than the typical lockup episode on msnbc <laughs> well this is considered a very violent prison it's not just any penitentiary you know i the- thought you were gonna say it closed down in like the 1950s or something i don't know how i missed you saying No, 2009. So pretty recent. And actually, that's kind of an interesting fact about this, right? So when you go to just take like a tour of this penitentiary, some of the tours are self-guided, but they have like tour guides in every like main section of the penitentiary. So they kind of like give you a map, tell you where to go. And they have like different things you could like read or like, you know, things that you could see, like probably some shanks in a glass (laughs) thing you know a shank museum huh? they right they have like shanks and stuff like that there right so like you kind of walk through but then the tour guides because it's so recently closed are a lot of times inmates or former guards so there are people that have actually been there and were an inmate there so they can tell you all these crazy stories so you can go like pick their brain on things that they've seen you can ask them questions but in case you like get lost or something you know they're always there to kind of like guide you you know to the next place if you want if you're on the self-guided tour and they can give you all kinds of information you know what would be really interesting too would be to find out like if somebody was an inmate there and like locked in a cell if they ever had a haunted experience they can't go anywhere yeah just, they can't run out of the room that's true know? yeah that is interesting yeah i wonder i bet i mean why not if the place is haunted must I'm have sure, happened i'm sure they have so back to the distillery so they closed in 2009 as a prison right and then the county purchased the property property and made it basically like a tourist attraction where they put in this distillery that looks pretty cool, honestly. They have a restaurant, I think it's called like the Warden's Table, a gift shop, they do different tours. Like, it just looks like a kind of cool, like fun day out. Let's go have some moonshine, let's do a tour. Like, it looks really fun just from like a daytime perspective too. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, they even do um, concerts there. And I think they even have like a like a farmer's market sometimes, that kind of thing. So like if you're interested in just going, maybe look up like a concert date or something like that might be interesting too. So the standard tour, if you are just going like during the day and you just want to do a basic tour, of course you could bring your own equipment, right? But that's not necessarily like the paranormal tour, right? That is $15 a person, $10 for children. And that's just kind of your general tour. Now, the other thing I want to call out, Lindsay, is this place closes over the winter months and it reopens in April. So you won't be able to go there today, but in, a, in about a month, or actually less than a month, you'll be able to you know, go here and check it all out and do your tour. So it opens in April and usually closes in November for the winter. Now, 
If you want to get more into the paranormal tours, they do actually offer paranormal tours, which I thought was really cool. So you could do the daytime one, just a normal one, or paranormal. And I thought the pricing structure was kind of interesting on this. And you can find this on their website if you go under, you know, visit us section. So the standard tour is $480, but hold that thought. It's not just for one person, because that's (laughs) what I thought when I first read it. But that's for six people maximum. So you would split $480 potentially between six people. Okay. Okay. And that tour is from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. And they go Monday through Friday. So you can sign up and they'll even give you kind of like a tour to like make you acquainted with. Here's what you want to look at, where that kind of thing. Right. Mm hmm. The overnight tour is the other option, a little bit more pricey, but also you can bring more people. So that one is $1,500 and there is a 12 person maximum on that. So you could split that $1,500 between 12 people. Okay. And that one is actually 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. So it's like seven hours of a tour. And it's seven days a week. So you could sign up any day of the week when it is open during like the summer, spring, summer, and fall. Now, do you know if you get full access to like all those locations where like the bodies were falling over the bal- over the like you balcony do- kind of thing? Like, yeah, so you get access to most of the spots. And if you're interested on where you could go, if you just go to their website, they actually have a map of the prison where you can kind of see like where the different spots are that are open. Now, you know, they do have a contact us form on there specific to the paranormal tours. So if you have specific questions like that, they also have a really good FAQ where it can kind of answer all kinds of different questions that you have about them. Um, but some of the things that you're going to want to look for on that tour, like the dining hall is the place where most people say they've experienced something, right? That's where a ton of murders took place. That's where a lot of the inmates say, this is where we've, that's where that waterhead guy died with the meat cleaver. Mm -hmm. Potentially Jack Jett died there. Um, And one thing that I found interesting while somebody was in the dining hall investigating on on a show that I was watching, they actually had their shirt burned with like it it looked like a cigarette hole in their shirt while they were there and jack jet was known for smoking those like stogies and so they thought it mm. might have been him the other thing about jack jet cuz remember he was a little person right mm-hmm. so a lot of these people going in and doing investigations what they find when they have like their you know emf detector that's detecting electromagnetic fields and stuff they're not getting like a reading when they're just at like their own like head level, you know, or even a little bit lower. Oh. But when they kind of lower it, they're like, is there like a child in here or, you know, what's going on? And it can be confusing, but a lot of people think that it's actually Jack Jet who is causing those readings, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. You can also go into the hole, which is like the solitary confinement area which is so creepy because if you know anything about like solitary confinement like people go nuts 
yeah. in those places. Um, and if they're in the hole, they probably did something really bad. Would Well, let's hope they did something bad. If they're being tortured in a solitary confinement, would you go in the hole? Not by myself. I wouldn't okay. go in the hole. I would go with somebody else. Um, the other thing to look for, there's a lot of EVPs that they get, like especially in the chapel, which I thought was weird. So there's a chapel on site, kind of like it's in its own little separate building. And there was a lot of like murders there too, I guess, in the chapel because it was kind of a place where people could run into other people and not, you know, mm -hmm. necessarily be separated, right? And a lot of the EVPs that you get out of there, I find this so creepy, are things like beast no. and hell Ugh. and stuff like that when you're in the chapel. So like those voices might come through. Oh man. Yeah, that freaks me out. Yes. Totally scary. So like not nice ghosts. Not no. saying like help. They're saying beast. <laughs> like no thanks. <laughs> I mean I'd still do it but I'd be scared. <laughs> to do it right <laughs> the, the example you give help <laughs> so guys i think this sounds like such a fun place even if like go have some cocktails have some moonshine go check it out and then do some ghost hunting i think like the best combination to ghost hunting is like a little bit of alcohol mixed in there not a lot i mean you want to be able to like be mindful of your surroundings but you also, you know, a cocktail or two isn't going to hurt anything. Yeah, I think for my... Oh, for sure, it helps. It gives you some courage, right? Yeah. I think uh, also I'd be really... I'd probably be more down for that, you know, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. thing with six people because I think I'd be more likely to be able to get a group of six. I don't think I'd be able to get a group of 12. Half my friends, they don't want to deal with ghosts, <laughs> right? But right. I think it'd be pretty, pretty awesome. I think uh, that's something we should look at. Yeah, I think it sounds like a ton of fun. So go check it out. If you do check it out, I would love to hear your stories about it. And of course, if you have any other paranormal stories or ghost stories, we also definitely want to hear those too. So send us an email at yourhauntedholiday at gmail.com or you could also go to our website, just yourhauntedholiday.com and you could send us an email from there or even see show notes. So anytime that I say, you know, oh, I looked at this YouTube clip and I'm going to post it on the site. I didn't do that this episode. But if I do, you're going to see those clips added into our episodes section as well. So go check it out. You can also find us on social media. But thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks, guys.